Hey y'all and welcome back to another episode of the show. This is your host Maddie Moon and today we're speaking with my personal friend Amanda Duran. Amanda Duran is a certified eating psychology coach and Pilates instructor who helps women connect to their inner wisdom and reclaim their lives so they can pursue their true passions with purpose. Amanda works with creative women worldwide through her private mentorship program and her online Pilates course the Liberated Movement Method. You can find more on her virtual home, amandajuran.com. Me and Amanda are hosting an event in Boulder, Colorado, January 14th and 15th. It's basically a two-day retreat, and we're stoked about it. We've been working really hard to make sure that we attract the right people into it and we're creating content that's going to really open up that wisdom to everyone and help them become more aligned with their true versions of themselves and to leave feeling refreshed, rejuvenating with a whole new tribe of soul sisters. So we're super excited about that. But today we're going to be talking about um, so many different beautiful topics. We're going to be diving deeper into relationships and perfectionism and becoming more okay with being true to yourself regardless of what the rest of the world says and doing what's really authentically right for you. Amanda has a beautiful voice and she's just lovely to listen to so I'm sure you're gonna enjoy this episode. If you are wanting more work, if you're wanting to dive in deeper, especially that 2016 is coming to a close and 2017 is opening up with a whole new fresh load of possibilities and adventures, and if you want help to dive deeper into what your heart is craving for, then reach out to me, apply for my one-on-one coaching at maddiemoon.com coaching. I have that available to you with a couple spots open for the year 2017, and I would love to see if you would be a good fit for that program. Program. Once you apply, I will reach out to you letting you know if I think you'd be a good fit and then we can go through an interview process. So I would love to see you over there. Um, I've been working with some people for over a year now and I have been able to watch women go from just closed off, unsure of what they want, not giving themselves any self-care, any attention, any time to either owning their own business or coaching other people or finally showing up for their family and their friends, the fullest version of themselves because they finally have given themselves time to break down those limiting beliefs, achieve things they never thought possible. And it's been so beautiful to watch this whole process. And I would love to see if you are someone that I can deliver those same results to. If you're in Colorado, then you can join my new meetup group, which I'm super excited about. Um, It's called the Purpose Driven Powerhouse Females. And all you have to do to find that is to go to meetup and search for that group. It's here in Boulder, Colorado. Would love to have you at our meetups in person so I can connect with you. And other than that, let's do the review of the week. This review comes from Jet21. Thank you, Jet. His uh, his review says, 19 and body positive with five stars. Now I eat cookies and oatmeal bars and drink chocolate milk. I enjoy my food and don't look at it as an enemy. I've listened to Maddie's podcast every day for the past month and I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. I used to admire hot... I used to admire hot old people that had six packs and wore bikinis. Now I admire the seasoned folks that are flowing with spirit and love. I want to live a full, healthy life so I can age like that. Thanks, Maddie, for putting it all into perspective. Boy, do I resonate with that. I see videos on Facebook pop up being like, this woman is 78 and look at her bodybuilding show. And I'm like, okay, um, I have no judgment against that. That's great that she's doing what she wants to do, but this video is viral. Like, what about all the 78-year-old people that just 
absolutely loved their families to no end and created beautiful things with their lives like they all deserve videos they're all amazing and I know for me personally I want to look back on I on my life and just be happy with what I have and live in my body and eat cookies and cakes and drink wine and eat bacon and whatever it is that my heart wants I really don't care what I look like necessarily as long as I'm healthy and happy and feeling purpose driven Thank you, Jet, for that honest review. I loved it. If you haven't left a review on the show, that's a great way to support me and the podcast. You can just go to iTunes, hit reviews and ratings, and then you'll see a little button that says write a review, and you can write one up in just as short as one minute. Another way to support the podcast is to send an episode to a friend. So if you have a friend that's thinking about coming to more than this with you in January, then send them this podcast episode so they can get to know me and Amanda a little bit better, Uh, or any other one because I have tons of podcast episodes to choose from. But any way that you feel that you can support the show, it goes a really long way. It's greatly appreciated and it means just a lot to me. So thank you so much for that. If y'all are ready for the show, I think I am. So let's go ahead and over. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have Amanda Duran joining us, my dear friend Amanda Duran, who I am hosting a powerful uh, two-day retreat in Boulder with in January. We are so excited about it, but me and Amanda have so much in common, and I feel like she is a soul sister on a completely new level, and I'm so excited to introduce her powerful message to you guys today. So Amanda, without further ado, welcome to the show. Hi, Maddie. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited you're here as well. I mean, and not to mention, you're probably going to move to Boulder, so you'll have to be doing a lot more appearances on my (laughs) media outlets. Yes, definitely moving to Boulder. Yay! (laughs) That makes me so happy. Okay, the very first thing we talk about on this show is the guest background and story. So please lay it on us. Tell us all about how you got to where you are today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... I was in the fashion industry and I went to school for fashion design in New York City at FIT. Um, I had really always been into art and design growing up. I've been a very creative person and always needed some type of creative outlet growing up. And so I got into design and I won a really big scholarship with Teen Vogue and Target and the CFDA, which is the Council of Fashion Designers of America which granted me a bunch of internships with the most inspiring people in the industry and a full ride to FIT and all this great stuff. And I was super excited, super successful, went into the industry, blah, blah, blah. While I was there, um, just being surrounded by people who 
really praised like the ultra thin and being skinny. And I mean, it was college. So when we're in college, anyways, most people have body image issues and food issues and they're insecure and self-worth is really low. Right. So being in fashion school, it's like intensified because everyone is obsessed with being skinny. And that started to affect me a lot to the point where I became so obsessed with like perfecting my body that I lost all the passion and love and creativity that I had for design. So I literally like decided that I didn't want to do design anymore because I was so, I became so obsessed with my body and changing it and trying to perfect it. And it's super sad to me to see that happen to so many other women, especially within creative industries. I see it a lot that when you're so focused on, you know, your body and food and all that other stuff um, that you lose your true passions and what you really want and you lose all the potential that you had because you become so enamored with your body and stuff. So throughout that, I left the fashion industry behind um, and I decided to become an eating psychology coach and a Pilates instructor to help women really just have a better relationship with their body so then they can go out into the world and do the things that they actually want to do and that they actually have their love and their passions for with purpose. And so they don't have to get stuck in that trap of losing their passions because a lot of it for me is that I still feel this way sometimes on a daily basis um, that like I lost a big part of me because I became so obsessed with my body. And I just wonder sometimes now like what my life would be like if I hadn't become obsessed and if I was still in the fashion industry um, working. So it's just really interesting how my story kind of evolved from being something so like creative and so really body focused to being like an eating psychology coach and stuff. Um, but I mean, for me, it was really all, it came down to my self-worth and not believing that I was good enough and always trying to be better. And that just manifested into trying to be better with my body, but it was also in my work in my fashion design. Like I never thought I was good enough, even though I accomplished so much, I couldn't see it. And it was almost like I was trying to be really humble about it, but it was really because I believed that I wasn't good enough. It wasn't that I was humble and I just thought that I wasn't good enough, you know? Do you think you were given any of those messages like as a child, of course, not on purpose, accidentally, mm -hmm. by family members or friends or anyone, but do you think that your desire to be perfect, act perfect, have all these accomplishments began in childhood? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm an only child, so I think a lot of only children have this kind of ingrained in them that you have to be the perfect child and the good girl, and you have to please your parents and do everything that you know, they want of you because you don't have siblings to like have all of the molds of all the children. So I was always trying to be the good girl and be perfect. And I felt like I couldn't really truly be the real me. It, it's really challenging. And something I'm still working through is like opening up and being the real me because I feared that I would be either rejected and probably as a child being rejected by like my parents or by friends or mentors. Um, and now, or like being judged, right? So, I mean, now I know that it's not my job to please people and I can, I have to love myself first, you know, by staying true to who I am. And then if that means disappointing people, disappointing my parents, disappointing friends and mentors, whatever. But yeah, I think it definitely started in my childhood for sure.
So do you feel like, because I know at the moment you live with your parents. I hope you don't mm-hmm. mind me sharing that. <laughs> but <laughs> you live with your parents right now. You're about to move. But do you feel like it's a little bit harder for you sometimes to disengage from the lessons you learned as a child when you're constantly around them? Or have you learned through this process, kind of being thrown into the lion's den of all the memories of having to be perfect and all this, you've had to kickstart or put into overdrive that lesson that you cannot attach to what other people think about you since you do live in such close quarters with the people that raised you. Yes. And yes to both of those. Um, some it's, it's very challenging for me to truly open up, be myself at home. The person that um, I know I am and the person that I'm around my friends, like I'm around you, I'm a different person when I'm with my parents. And I think that's just common because you, it's really easy to go back into those old habits and old thought patterns, just being around your family. Um, I don't know if you feel that way, like even like around the holidays, like going back to like seeing your whole family, you kind of like go back to like, at least for me, the little Amanda, like the baby, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I found that it's becoming easier and easier the more that I work on all of my stuff. And the more that I spend time with people who allow me to be seen as who I am, and then I'm able to open up more to being that person around my family. Um, and they see the change and they see me growing and evolving as a person as I age. And I think that's just naturally going to kind of fall in place. But yeah, there's def- it's definitely like sometimes hard um, to fully be like authentic and my true self the person that I want to be and grow into be like at home. Um, but yeah, like I am moving. So like that was a major thing and fear for me is moving out and being uncomfortable with being by myself. I've lived on my own before. And um, like when I was in New York, I was on my own. I lived, I moved back into my parents a couple of years ago um, financially for reasons like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's hard, but it's not like, super hard for me I think because I've done so much work on it but I can see for how most people who do live with their parents that it's really really easy to get stuck in that totally I realize sometimes in my own life I'll have these moments when an insecurity may pop up where I become Madeline the youngest who Mm -hmm. is weird and goofy because whenever I was younger I'm I mean I'm still pretty weird and goofy but when Mm -hmm. I was younger I was like on a whole new level and I think sometimes when I'm around my family I see myself through my family's eyes as this young daughter who doesn't really know much and I believe I know a lot and I have many clients who have the same experience where their parents taught them to be a certain way and then they end up moving in with their parents for financial reasons whatever it may be and then all this stuff comes back up all these memories and it's like a trigger where they go back into time and they don't forget all the things that they learned and and all the ways that they've grown but they it's almost as if they re-enter that same phase they already lived out. And it's a whole new ballgame to learn how to be in that same triggering environment, but not let it affect the core of who you are, which I think is a beautiful lesson to learn. So if you were to say that there were three limiting beliefs that you've had to shed about yourself, limiting beliefs for anyone that does not know, they're beliefs that have been passed down to you about yourself or um, – have been transferred to you through society or through your parents. For Mm -hmm. example, one limiting belief could be, I am a woman, so I must marry a man that's rich and be taken care of. And uh, I'm not 
going to be financially stable on my own. Like I have to rely on someone that would be a limiting belief or being like, I am a man. So I must look this particular way and show no emotion, a limiting belief. (laughs) So Amanda, if you were to say that you had like three limiting beliefs, what would those be in your life? The ones that you've had to shed and how have you shed them? Yeah. Um, I think one of the first ones that I've had to shed throughout my life is that showing my limiting belief would be showing my feelings as a sign of weakness. Um, and that, I mean, cause I used to hold everything in because again, growing up as an only child, I wanted to be the perfect one. I didn't want anyone to see me in pain. Um, and that, you know, if I wanted to be serious, especially within the fashion industry, like showing your emotion is, I mean, not cool. Like you want to be strong. You have to be powerful. You have to stand in your work ethic and in your design. You have to believe in everything that you're doing. And if someone's critiquing you or, you know, giving you advice, like you want to like, yeah, you want to take that advice and that criticism, but you don't want to show your emotion. You don't want to show that they are hurting you inside. So you have to be strong. Um, and if you want to be taken seriously, you can't be emotional. Like that's what I believed. Um, but we know that's not true, especially as women, where our power is really in our emotions and in our feeling and allowing ourselves to unleash those. Um, and I think for me, like breaking that belief is just to know that I, it's okay to be emotional and that's going to help me to open up and bring into the people that I actually want in my life and the real me and kind of going back to like, being the real me around my parents and around my friends like you and everything. Like if I am allowing myself to show my emotions and feel them, that's going to allow my heart to open and it's going to allow me to connect to who I really am, that true essence inside of me. Um, so for breaking that limiting belief, it's just like feel that's, I just like kept saying to myself, feel, 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 allow yourself to cry, mm. allow yourself to journal it out, allow yourself to, express how you're feeling and communicate that to people um, instead of holding in and letting it bottle up and then you exploding one day, right? Because that would happen to me all the time. Like I would have like a major day that I'd be like so stressed out and I would just like not want to do anything because I had had all this emotion that was just stuck inside of me. So allowing myself to feel and that's something I still struggle with every day is um, feeling. And it's just a reminder. I have to say like feel. If I want to cry, I go in the shower and just like cry, you know, or just like breathe and talk to people and let it out, but allowing myself to feel those emotions, I think is number one. Um, another limiting belief. I think this one you might struggle with a little bit too. I did in the past. I've gotten really, really good at, at breaking this, but um, I always believed that there wasn't enough time to like celebrate or rest and that I should, that I should be further along and that I have to keep pushing and keep yeah. making things happen and like being stuck in that perfectionist phase and always doing, doing, doing and going, going, going. And that was me throughout probably age 16 until 21 when I was in the fashion industry, especially like I was always going and working all the time. Um, and I was like stuck in this perfectionist mode, right? I was never actually completing everything that I really wanted to or that I started because I was so obsessed with making it perfect um, and it was never good enough. So like my work, my design was never good enough. I never felt good enough. I would submit things and I'd be like, oh, that was awful. Like putting myself down, comparing myself to everyone. Um, and I would never really fully put 
my true work that I wanted out into the world because it wasn't perfect. Um, so, so that one was a big limiting belief I had to break is that rest is okay and celebrating all of your accomplishments, whether you think that they are perfect or not is okay and that you just have to put yourself out there into the world and do it anyways and stop procrastinating and letting perfectionism make you procrastinate, right? Can we like touch on that one real quickly before yeah. we go to the third one? Because yeah. I feel yeah. like I don't remember. Did we necessarily talk about this? Because I don't I don't remember if we had a conversation around this. But it's funny that you were we like, did. we did. Okay. Because yeah, yeah I, I struggle with this so much. And I think sometimes it kind of is reflected. Like people can read that. I don't think that they people can pick up on that. I don't take time to celebrate, but I think people can pick up on the, on the fact that I don't take time to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, when I recently announced that I was going to do a European retreat, which I have retracted, I'm going to save that for another time. Uh, my good friend who has also been on the podcast, Chloe, uh, from Chloe's countertop was mm-hmm. like, uh, I messaged her a question about something and then she messaged me back and she was like, wow, I see you're doing a Euro- European retreat. And I was like, yeah, I am. But I'm also kind of wondering if maybe I should just let that be my vacation time. Cause I never take a vacation time. And she was like, yeah, I was looking at that. And I was like, man, Maddie, just chill. <laughs> and I was like, you are so spot on. Like I, I, I would try, like, I almost feel like guilty for having four weeks of, of travel and no work. And even when I was in Asia for the three months, of course it was three months. So it's not like it would really be a vacation, but I worked the entire time. I worked every day. I went to coffee shops every day and worked, worked, worked. Mm -hmm. And this European trip, it's like uh, automatically I was like, how can I make this as, um, beneficial to my message and my business as possible. And like, I mean, it is a great idea to go and see people there and to connect with them because when will I be able to be there and connect with them again? Like it's an awesome opportunity. So I don't blame myself for having this idea. Um, but at the same time, it's like I had, it was the day after I had finished my last retreat. I had set up this awesome, um, workshop, two day workshop thing I'm doing with you. And, getting all these one-on-one clients and I was just hustle bustle, like busy, busy, busy. And I, I feel weird when I don't work or, or if I rest and like, even on Saturdays, I like try to get something done. And I think that it manifests some negative emotions in unexpected ways and in, in surprising ways. Like maybe I'll feel really frustrated about something that has nothing to do with my business because I haven't had time to rest and, and have a clear mind and give myself that feminine energy of mm-hmm. chilling out and feeling and like going with the flow and not being so structured and fix it attitude and like all this. So because I don't take time to just rest, I will manifest areas in my life that are struggles because mm-hmm. I haven't had time to clear my mind. And that's really hard. Like, I don't know when to stop and when to keep going. I really can, I'm not going to act like I'm a professional at that because I'm still learning that out when it's appropriate to, when it's appropriate to me or applicable to me to allow myself to breathe. It's really hard. (laughs) It's so hard. Surrendering, just like you said, Mm -hmm. the feminine and connecting to that divine feminine within us. And like, it's so easy to be so masculine and to just push and go through and resting and just surrendering and trusting is so freaking hard, but it's so important to do. And so I'm proud of you that you're not doing the retreat in Europe and that you're just going on a little vacay by yourself. Um, but yeah, it's like 
how do you know when to rest and when you're doing too much? And for me, it's when I, when things, when I start to get overwhelmed and I feel, and I will feel that pretty quickly, I'll start to get stressed and then my body will get really, really fatigued and I'll be tired and I'll just want to sleep and I'll be like moody and not feeling myself. And just then I'm knowing that I'm doing too much and I need to slow down and take some time for myself. But yeah, breaking that is it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is tricky. And it takes, I think it takes one baby step and then the yeah. next baby step. And like, mm-hmm. for me, I've, uh, realized that more recently, like the past week, I've noticed there's just been a lot in my head and I'm feeling stuck and energy wise, just kind of blah. And so I've done more things to feel more relaxed. And, um, I've been saying no to things like even this is a really small example, but like the other day I was working at a coffee shop and I was leaving the coffee shop and I was walking past the outside porch where two people I knew were sitting and working. Normally mm-hmm. I would run over and I say, hi guys, how are you? And then have like a 10 minute conversation, blah, blah, blah. I saw them and I walked right past them, which is so yeah. not me, but I was like, you know what? My energy right now says I can't do that. I don't want to do that. It's okay. I won't, it, I don't have to feel guilty for not saying hi. So I walked right past them. They didn't see me. And I, I felt so good. I was like, that feels good. And I also, I've been deleting some emails that come in my inbox. Like not Mm -hmm. like normally I am the person that responds to every single email. If someone's sending me like, Hey, can we send you a copy of this book? Because we think it'd be a great fit for your audience on your podcast, blah, blah, blah. Normally Mm -hmm. I go into it. I look at the book. I read the cover. I look at the person. And just like yesterday, someone sent me an email offering a book and I just like archived it. I just was like, I can't right now. I can't look at, I can't read this book. I can't do anything. Well, I did look at the cover. So I got a, I didn't like just archive it without even looking at it, but I did get a good feel for what the person was. And it was just like a no. And I know that that person's probably reaching out to 20 other people. So it's not like yeah. I'm this one person they're waiting for. So I was just like, I'm going to archive it. And I know that's probably not the best way to deal with everything, which is why it's only once in a blue moon. But like recently I've been feeling the need to not have to do everything and just to archive things when I need to archive, walk by when I need to walk by. And that's really empowering to be able to feel when I need to do something I'm not normally used to doing. Like that was those, both those two things were big for me. I was like, wow, I never knew I could archive an email without responding. Cause it was like, must respond, must complete this. Like I have to have something black or white. Like I have to close the door on it or open it or have the podcast episode or not. And like make it clear. And like just being able to let it go into the ether was so cool for me being like, wow, I didn't know I could do that, but I did it. And I feel really freaking good. And then that, effect is like a domino like it will now it will continue and maybe something else will happen today where i can see oh i don't feel like going to this yoga class at this time and i'll do it another time like whatever but like those little tiny cues it takes with one baby step at a time like when you feel that little voice say don't say hi just keep walking like keep walking it's okay it's you're doing what's best for you and that little tiny thing will show up in your life in other ways when you start training that muscle and you train that muscle to to listen to it and to actually follow through with what your heart's asking you to do for yourself. Yeah. It's the intuition muscle. I think you had a podcast on that, right? Oh um, yes. Many listen, listening to that little muscle and yeah, baby steps. It's part of the journey and it will come. It gets easier. It's not easy, but it gets easier each time you do it. And it's empowering. Like I'm yeah. all for like women and men, of course, Um, but my main message is to women (laughs) feeling (laughs) as empowered as possible every single moment of every day. And sometimes that means saying no to something and doing what's right for you. Like Mm -hmm. 
even if it's the no, I, I'm not going to pick up your, your extra shift that you need covered because I need rest. Like yes. more power to you, girl, like do what you need to do to get fueled up and to take care of yourself. Yeah. And sometimes it's saying yes to the things that you think you shouldn't do mm, yeah. that you really want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did a, so you know about that call that I had the other night. And mm-hmm. one of the things of the 10 keys to get through a life transformation is to, um, use yes and no more precisely. That was one of them. And anytime you're going through a transition, it's very important to like spend your time wisely. So use yes and no as precisely as possible be very specific with what you say yes to and very specific about what you say no to. And you may be the kind of person that needs to start saying no more to take more time to yourself. Or you might be someone who is like always alone and needs to start saying yes to more opportunities. So only you really know what you need in your life. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, I guess another limiting belief, yes, for three, um, kind of relates to the saying yes thing. Um, cause I have to say no to things all the time. And I actually don't answer emails a lot too. If I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to answer that. Um, but moving and making the decision just to move within, I made the decision like three and a half weeks ago that, Oh, I'm going to move across the country by myself. Um, and for the longest time, like I had been putting off moving, putting it off saying you can't move until you make enough money. You can't move until you can afford to live the lifestyle that you live here in Detroit because yeah, cost of living here is way less expensive than Boulder or California. So you can't move. No, 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 no. Do it next year. Do it in the spring. You'll have time in the spring. And I was just like, screw that. I'm saying, yes, I'm moving. I'm going to have to probably change the way I live and not shop as much and whatever for rent, but I'm going to do it. And breaking that limiting belief just by saying yes was really empowering for me and knowing that, Hey, what's the worst that could happen? You know, me having to move back to Detroit so what? I'm going to try it. And that was a big belief because for years, for three years, I've wanted to move. Um, and I just like kept saying, you can't do it yet. Not yet, Amanda. And yeah, that I think was really big for me. Just saying, what's the worst, what's the worst you could have that could happen? Like, I think for any limiting belief that you have that you want to break, just asking yourself that what's the worst that could really happen. And what's the likelihood that that's actually going to happen? Probably Mm -hmm. slim. I think it's very important to ask yourself what's the worst that can happen. And then equally as important after you acknowledge the worst is to cling on to what's the best that can happen. So Mm -hmm. you say, what's the worst? Okay. I have to move back. Okay. I have to move my parents. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. That's all pretty nice. It's all still kind of a luxury. Like it's a luxury Mm -hmm. essentially to have parents you can move in with, even though people are like, this is embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. I'm this old. This is what I'm supposed to be doing at this age, blah, blah, blah. Like it's actually pretty, it's a pretty big blessing that you have parents that will allow you to live with them. And that's cool. So your worst is like not that bad. And then after you acknowledge that cling on to what's the best. So for anyone that's like, I need to break up with this guy. What's the worst? Ah, I'm moving my parents or I'm alone. Okay, cool. You acknowledge that. Now what's the best? Well, the best could be you finally have that fire under your, your butt to have a job that you love to make money. And then you start making money and you're financially successful. And then you find the man of your dreams that is not codependent with you and you feel empowered with him and you have great sex and beautiful babies and you live this wonderful life that you want. Like, and then keep thinking about that. And then that my friends is called manifestation is when you're focusing on what's the best and you cling to that and you think about it every day and you visualize it. And that's what will happen essentially in due time. If it's meant to be. Yes, yes, yes to everything you just said. Yeah. So speaking of men and partners, how has your relationship with 
guys change, especially like since we've been talking about this masculine energy and coming more into your feminine energy. I did a video about this recently, just about like my patterns of being, yeah, I think I talked to you about this, but mm-hmm. I just had this huge, well, I don't want to talk about me actually. Let's just talk about you. How has it changed for you? Okay. Yeah. I mean, coming from the point where I was very masculine and I was doing everything and trying to be a perfectionist and, you know, we, everything we just talked about, um, I was in a very long-term relationship, six years, and I was the man in the relationship, um, I hope he doesn't listen to this. He probably won't. <laughs> um, but I was the man in relationship. I pretty much acted like the mother, like taking care of him all the time, um, buying everything, doing everything. And that didn't help me connect to my divine feminine anymore or surrender and trust and really just like be who I wanted to be. Um, cause I was so stuck in that masculine energy. And as soon as I made the decision to break it off, which was another limiting belief for me, um, Oh, I don't want to be alone. I'm afraid to be alone. Um, but I did it and I'm fine. I was fine with being alone, right? Um, I attracted someone into my life who was very connected to his own masculine energy, but also his feminine energy. But, you know, it was a nice balance of both, which allowed me, as soon as I started to really like release my ex and connect to my own feminine energy, I like attracted the opposite, you know, the balance, the masculine to balance me out. Um, and some powerful stuff has been happening and um, a lot of crap, old crap has come up and um, things that I just like know I need to work through. And it just feels really good to be able to surrender, I guess would be the word, to being a female and being a woman and allowing myself to be taken care of and not having to take care of myself and having to take care of someone else. So I know we talked a little bit about some of my experiences. Do you want me to talk about that? Yes, please do. I would love it. (laughs) Okay, so I had this experience with a man that I am seeing, um, (laughs) which is going to get kind of like maybe a little bit too woo-woo or spiritual for some people. And I'm like not super spiritual. I'm into spirituality and yeah, I'm like, I meditate and all that stuff, but like, I like crystals kind of, you know, like, I'm not super like woo woo and new agey. Um, so this was kind of hard for me to grasp. Yeah, at first. But, um, so I had my Kudalini awakened. And for those who don't know what Kudalini is, it's really like the feminine creative evolutionary type of force that is really just your infinite wisdom um, that really lives inside of every single one of us. And for most of us, it's kind of dormant at the base of our spine. Um, And that's also where like our energetic imprints are. Any emotional blockages that we have, they lie at the base of the spine. Um, And so A lot of us, you know, we have all this kundalini energy stored within us, whether it is from our past, um, from sexual trauma or any beliefs that were kind of ingrained into our head from childhood, um, parents, you know, don't have sex until you get married, that type of stuff. Any shame around your body or around sex can get stored there. And I had a lot of that, (laughs) trying to be the perfect little good girl, being in a relationship for six years with one person, you know, like 
I had a lot of guilt and shame stored around my body and around sex. Um, and I still probably do have some, but I met this man and, um, this one time we were one of the first times that we were together intimately, my body went numb. <laughs> I told you about this and it was like really strange. Like my legs literally went numb and I couldn't feel them. I couldn't feel from the lower part of my torso down during intimacy. And I was just like, what is going on? Like, I can't feel my legs and I'm really like weird and awkward. So I'm just like, I can't feel my legs. And I start like shaking them. <laughs> and then we just like surrendered and like kept going and like trusting that like, okay, this is weird, but I'm just going to go with it. And, and it happened another time where my arms went numb, like the upper half of my body went completely numb. I couldn't feel it. And it's like, you know, when you sleep, like your foot falls asleep and you get those tingly feelings, mm -hmm. it's kind of like that, but like you don't get the tingly feeling. It's like just pure numbness. And it's like energy like rises up through your spine, like heat. Um, and so I like have some coaches that I've talked to and I have a bunch of friends who are like really into sexuality and sensuality. And I asked them about this. I was like, what's going on? And they're like, he awakened your kudalini energy. And I was like, what? Like, that's weird. I don't know about that. And so I looked into it. I asked more people. And basically what happens is that your, your kudalini energy that's stored there that's dormant can become awakened and it really will help to purify your body and your mind and your spirit and however it's awakened it can be awakened by like an injury or an emotional trauma or a very traumatic event or through contact physical contact with someone who already has their kudalini energy awakened or who is on the path to like spiritual enlightenment or um your twin flame which i mean we can get into later but <laughs> um so this, this guy that I'm with is very powerful and he's very masculine and he's very spiritual. So it's clear that this is what has happened to me. Um, and really it just like, it was really, really interesting for me to hear that, but it can manifest in so many different ways, like within your body. It might not be through sexual experience. It could be, like I said, through an injury, but really it's just like intense heat and energy that rises up your spine and causes numbness. It can cause, um, like jerk, like a jerking sensation of the body and like spontaneous, like twitches. Um, and some people will think that like the Kudalini energy awakening is just like, um, how do I want to say this? It's going to like bring up a lot of stuff. So it kind of forces you to deal with all the unconscious crap and things that you've kind of shoved aside, all those, those emotions that you've stored deep within you. So kind of going back to like almost limiting beliefs really and forcing you to see them because it's like all this energy. Like it's so hard to explain like all this energy just like comes up through you and it's like something had changed and you have to surrender to that and trust that. And I think that is really, really cool to experience that because I did have a lot of shame around my body and around sex and um, surrendering and trusting and being open with someone and with relationships and just being like, hey, I'm going to let you see me, all of me, and I'm not going to care and I'm not going to get into my head about it. And that's what happened to me. Like, I was so comfortable and out of my head and just really in my body that this experience, I allowed this experience to happen. I, I basically was open to it happening. But I think if you're shut off and you are having an intimate experience with someone and you're just like in your head about your body, you're like, eh, you know, all that stuff, like you're not going to fully connect with someone and you're not going to feel like empowered and just have that deep connection, which I know some people don't want that. And 
that's fine. But I think most of us, especially if you're really connecting to your divine feminine and you're getting into your own power, like you want that form of connection with the masculine energy, you want something to balance you. Um, and it can be really, really powerful for healing all of your stuff, right? Like all of your stuff can be healed through sexual experiences really if they're powerful and if they're enlightened and if they are healthy and you know trusting so yeah that happened and I think that it's really cool and kind of weird but um it kind of aligns with the chakras a little bit um your kudalini kind of throughout your whole spine like all of your chakras are there and it really is helpful to clear your crown chakra that's where the energy grows when it's being awakened it goes up through your spine all the way to the crown um and i think that it's just like really really cool and i hope that like everyone can kind of experience that at some point in their life and one thing like it's something that you don't want to force like i had no idea this was going to happen like but it was really kind of life changing for me because it's brought up a lot of stuff that I've had to deal with emotionally and just like being like, oh, cool. Like, I'm good how I am, you know? <laughs> well, does well, he have does- a friend? Because <laughs> <laughs> lots of them. <laughs> I would like that to happen for me. Um, just kidding. But in reality, that's amazing. And I would be really curious to hear of any other listeners have ever had that happen to them because mm-hmm. you're honestly the first person that I've ever heard about that from, but yeah. it's a whole new world. That's fascinating. And yeah. it's funny. Here's a story. I, uh, when I went to Bali, did I tell you the story? I forget who I told. The no. story. Okay. When I went to Bali, long story short, um, and I'm not saying get in the car with strangers, but when right. I, when I got out of the, uh, off the plane, there was like this German guy standing there and he basically offered me a ride to the place I was going to in Bali with his girlfriend. And I read out the situation. By then I had been traveling for three months and I really understood things. Uh, what's I understood my intuition, like what, when is it dangerous when it's not, but eventually I ended up going with them and they took me to my place in Ubud and, and that guy found me on Facebook and Basically, he offered me to awaken my kundalini spiritually, (laughs) not like, not intimately, but like with Uh just energy and motion. And I was like, "Mm, you are so sweet, but I don't think that is for me. Uh, Grateful, but no, thank you. Um, But it was so funny. He was like talking about how he wanted to clear my crystal palace. To me, it sounded like he was like clearing out cobwebs or something. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm clear. Um, but that is really cool. So I guess that is an offering. That <laughs> Okay. Wow. I'm yeah. just going to cut off this conversation. Um, right. Go back to where we were. But that is fascinating. And it's really cool how you were able to like ask your teachers about this and then dive in deeper and understand it a little more. Because I think there's a lot of stuff to be uncovered here. And I'm a little bit, I'm not going to say I'm jealous of you, but there is a part of me that's like, I do really want to be able to have that feeling and sensation to have all that stuff come up because I feel like there's so much stuff. Just that's been something I've struggled with for a long time. A lot of um, sexuality, I think, is repressed because of certain lessons we're taught, specifically with religion or um, the total opposite end, where everything in the media is sexualized, and that's not good either. Yeah. So I think everyone's carrying around either this uh, overstimulation of sex, where everything needs to be sexy, or repression, where it's bad, it's dirty, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn how to strip all of those messages we've been taught 
And I don't think, I'm not saying that you have to have this experience that you've had, Amanda, in order to have that. But um, I think that's a really beautiful way to be able to have that experience with the the right person in your life. Yeah. And I think like really getting honest with yourself about your belief systems that you have around sex and your body and sexuality and sensuality and just pleasure in general is like the starting point because I mean, I wouldn't have attracted this into my life if I hadn't had started the work. And I, a few, like four months before I met him, I like really started to dive into pleasure work and exploring my sensuality and what, what it meant to me and breaking down some of those beliefs that I had learned. So I think that's like the reason why I attracted this into my life and getting open and honest with yourself about that and reaching out to people that you can talk to in a safe environment about sex, I think is really, really important. And that's like where you're going to start the healing. And then maybe an event or a circumstance like this will happen to you. Maybe it won't, but um, yeah, you know, like really, I think getting in touch with your divine feminine and allowing yourself to be open to receiving love and pleasure is key in everything. Right. Because not everyone's going to be with someone like the person you're with. Not everyone right. is going to find this man that's in touch with both his masculine and his feminine and works on a spirituality and is also athletic and all these different things. Like you may be with someone that absolutely has no interest in self development work, but he's yeah. a good man and he right. might not be spiritual to this degree, but he's a good man. And I'm sure that in some way you can still have these similar experiences just with a good man because you are open. Like that is the key. Like don't, don't have a takeaway from this talk, everyone that you have to go be with this very spiritual man in order to have yeah. this shame release because that might not happen. You, who knows? You could still have the same exact experience with someone that hasn't had their own Kundalini opened, but you might be able to have the same exact realization that you have been able to have just by being open and letting go of that shame and diving deeper into what it means to be feminine in your own body and just feel more free and more open. And I know that's for me, that's been something I've been working on is just feeling more feminine and not feeling so masculine in my life, which has been great. And I feel that it's been opening up lots of different realizations about my life and the type of man that I want to attract into my life and who I need to be in order to have that man and to have a relationship that works with that man. And that to me is super exciting and just as delicious and fun to dive deeper into. Yeah, exactly. And especially as women allowing ourselves to receive and not give. Giving is great, but we have to receive more and opening yourself up, receiving love and pleasure and totally. Yeah. So <laughs> totally. And I think, yeah, since we are women, we have this ingrained desire to give to give mm -hmm. to nurture to take care of uh lovingly in a, in a nurturing way but it's also our role to follow and to be able to receive and be taken care of that's very feminine is being taken care of so i think you hit the nail on the head right there with that one yeah yeah so allow yourself to receive everyone <laughs> Yes, I love it. So before we head on over to the quickfire round, um, let's just acknowledge this amazing event we have coming up. We're going to be hosting it here in Boulder on January 14th and 15th, and we're going to be talking about chakras, and Amanda will be probably, I shouldn't speak for you, but open to talk about these type of things with anyone who's interested. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we're really hoping this is going to be a great Kickstarter to the year. That's why we put it in January and, 
Um, we want it to be a time for people to come together, make new, amazing girlfriends, learn so much about chakras and self-care and how you can live for something more than this in life, more than your body image or disordered eating stuff or um, anxiety, perfectionism. It's going to be a very safe and open, vulnerable space for everyone to share and to uncover a lot of things about themselves. So we'd love to have you. We're doing a um, deal, an early bird price until December 15th. And we also have a bestie special where you can each get $50 off your ticket. And you can find out all about that at morethanthisevent.com. Amanda, do you have anything you want to share to that? Yeah. Um, basically, I just want this event. I know we both want this event to be something where you come to and you walk away from the weekend feeling really rejuvenated and empowered to go out and do everything that you've always wanted to do and be the person that you wanted to be and that you feel inspired and that you can actually do that and you can start being that person um, and making new girlfriends because I think the power of sisterhood is so important. Exactly. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. So where can people connect with you online? Yeah. So my website is Amanda Duran, G-Y-U-R-A-N.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, Amanda Duran, and Facebook, Amanda Duran. So just search for my name and I come up on Google. <laughs> and I will have all of her links on the show notes for this episode 129 and also the link to the more than this event. Okay, yes. time for the quick fire round. Wee. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number 1, three words to describe you. Uh uh um <laughs> panic, goofy, <laughs> um quiet. Doesn't make sense with goofy, what? but quiet and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and I think very passionate. I'm really passionate mm. about things I love. <laughs> I like that. They're all very contradicting. <laughs> I know. Well, that's kind of me as a person. So <laughs> I love it. Uh, if you could live anywhere in the world besides where you live now, where would it be? Boulder. Woo! What did I'm you eat be... for breakfast? Oh, this morning I had a I had a weird breakfast. I had a tonic. Um, I made this vanilla bean ghee that I have and this oh. pearl, a bunch of like herbs. And then I had a giant, giant smoothie, like a 32 ounce green smoothie with avocado and lots of fat. I like eating lots of fat in the morning. Mm, that sounds amazing. Vanilla bean ghee. Yeah, it's super nom, good. Nom, 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 Okay. What is your morning routine like? Yeah, well, I am just like starting to experiment with morning routines because I used to teach Pilates super early in the morning every day. So like I would rush out of bed and like go teach other people and take care of other people. But since I'm moving, I'm not doing that anymore. I left my job. Um, so I've been waking up and meditating and doing my jade egg practice. Uh, <laughs> and then I've been reading for a half hour and getting up out of bed after I read you know, brush teeth, blah, blah, blah. And then like figuring out what I want to do for the day. If I want to do movement, I like to usually move my body like in the afternoon. So I don't usually do movement, but it depends on how I'm feeling. If I'm like feeling stiff, I'll just like jump around, go do some grounding outside on the grass and then get to work with my clients mm -hmm. and on the computer. That's mm -hmm. a good day. I like that. I too yeah. work out later. I like to work out now, like six thirty ish because I do yoga and it's just like mm -hmm. the best closing of my day like releasing yeah. everything oh, I love it at nighttime yeah and it's always yeah. hotter because I do core power which is heated mm -hmm. and like in the morning it's never that hot but at the end of the mm -hmm. day 
It's really hot. So I like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's the most exciting thing in your life right now? I know you have quite a few. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I'm moving to Venice beach in a week and a half. So that's really, really exciting and really random, but don't worry. I'll be in Boulder soon. This in 2017, I'm going to Boulder. I'm just going to Venice for a little bit. Cause I want to like experience it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right now. That's, that is pretty exciting. Um, what's your biggest turn on in a partner? Oh, um, <laughs> it can be like a quality, like okay. a thing, a thing they possess. I, I have to be very playful and have a really great sense of humor. Mm, I like that. Playful's good. Like why be with someone super serious when you can be with someone that mm-hmm. is playful and makes you yeah. laugh? Unless you like super serious and that's your yeah. Name. Who are three people you would invite to the perfect dinner party dead or alive? Dead or alive? Yeah. Um, ah, um, <laughs> perfect dinner party while well, I invite you <laughs> and I would invite probably um John Barbados which is a fashion designer that um grew up in Allen Park Michigan which is where I grew up and uh, he was always like a big inspiration to me and throughout my whole life and I just think he's super cool dude um and then probably I would invite like this is super random um uh, like don't laugh <laughs> are you ready for this yeah um <laughs> all of the spice girls that's actually pretty awesome i guess that's more than okay let's just say like they're all one person probably just because like i don't know i think it'd be really cool to have dinner with them and i'm goofy and like i don't know that would ha- that's what i would say <laughs> i get it because we're in the same generation so i get it yeah. other people might be laughing at you but i'm not laughing because yeah. this is I mean, real like, yeah i could i could like think of like a bunch of serious like inspirational people like you know that i could invite and like have really deep conversations with but like i don't want to have deep conversations at a dinner party like you can have that after dinner i want dinner to be fun yeah that's more for like whiskey and cigars we can have that later (laughs) um what's your favorite meal right now favorite meal would be um uh I don't know. What's a favorite meal right now? A favorite meal? (laughs) I love, like, I make, it's getting cold here, so, like, I make a bone broth soup, like a chicken vegetable soup that's just, like, really good with sweet potato and zucchini noodles that are just, like, uh, it feels, like, so good when I eat it, and I just feel so nourished, and it's, like, reminds me of, like, when I'm sick and my mom was taking care of me when I was a little kid, so I like that. Or, like, or the tacos that shine. Oh, okay, yeah, those are the best tacos (laughs) in the world. I need those tonight. I'm gonna have those tonight. You reminded me. How much I love them. Um, If you joined the circus, what would your position be? (laughs) Tightrope. Ooh, good one. What's a must-read book? Ooh, um, (sighs) I really like, I think The Alchemist, everyone should read Mm -hmm. that. And yeah, I like, that one has been kind of really powerful for me recently. I think everyone should read that. Good one. And last question, if you were to have a movie about yourself, who would you cast to play the part of you? Oh, my gosh. Um, who would I cast? Uh, I don't know. Like, that's a hard one. Um, can it be someone older than me? Yeah. Okay. Like, me into my future? Like, Yeah, it can be anyone. I really like Jennifer Aniston, and I feel like we have, like, similar kind of personalities. I'm not really sure, though. I don't know her in real life. So. I could see that for sure. Yeah. I could definitely I don't see know. that. That's, that's a tricky question. I thought you were going to ask me what my favorite movie was, but... Mm. No, this one's much harder. 
<laughs> it's harder. It is hard. Like it, it, I think whenever I think about who I would cast, cause I've never really dove into it. I think I would either pick, um, Reese Witherspoon. Oh, you look like her. I, yeah. I kind of look, and I think in a way we kind of act similar cause mm-hmm. from what I've seen off camera, she, yeah, she's a little quirky. Um, she's cute, whatever. And then I would also say, why did I just call myself cute? <laughs> you are cute. She's cute. I would like to be cute like her. Okay. The other one I would say I'd always, I've always resonated a lot with, um, Alexis Bledel who plays Rory mm-hmm. on Gilmore Girls. Yeah. So I think in a way I would, I would say her as well. Plus if you dyed her hair blonde, I think we do look a lot alike. So that would yeah. be. Blake Lively. I like Blake Lively. Mm. I feel like her and I are like on similar wavelengths. <laughs> She's great. I love Blake Lively. Yeah. I could see that as well. This is always a fun question to think about. Oh, yeah. Who you'd cast. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> My mind's like going off. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on, Amanda. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> this has been so fun. If anyone wants to connect with Amanda, go to the show notes for this on my website. You can go to maddiemoon.com slash Amanda dash Duran, which is episode 129. And do not forget that the early bird price for tickets to our event will be closing and being raised a hundred bucks by December 15th. So hurry and sign up. I know it feels like, oh, it's a while away. It's January, but it will be here before you know it. And you can find a lot of awesome deals on flights. Uh, what was that site that you were on the other day, Amanda? Uh, Frontier. I don't know if it's going to be like when this airs, but right now they're having a lot of deals and they have deals all the time for yeah. like super, like ridiculously cheap flights. And I recently just flew them and like, it's fine. Like usually I fly Delta, but they were great. Um, yeah. So definitely book your ticket. Come join us. The event's going to be so epic and really life-changing. I'm super excited. Yeah. And I mean, it's like almost Christmas time. So this could be an awesome present for anyone that wants to meet me and Amanda live. And it could be a pretty intimate group. We don't know the size quite yet. So it could be really, really, well, it's going to be really incredible, but it could be really personal for you if you come prepared and ready to dive deep. So please uh, let me know if you have any questions at all. See if you have a bestie that wants to come if you want to get 50 off your ticket each. And we'd love to see you there. And yeah, make sure you check out Amanda's links and we'll see you guys very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.